Don Rahul Jimenez. How amateur is that? Like, you don't even see that down in the park. If they, if they lose, it provides great content. I am supporting every team that plays break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is. Mudman, thank you as always. Who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny? That's somebody's choice. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Sports Babble. Um, we're all back from our holidays. Um, myself and Steve did a babble screen the other night and I, um, the three amigos are sitting down here to chat about uh, a brand new football season which literally just ended on Sunday and is starting again on Saturday. Um, for a lot of us, uh, especially for myself and Jonathan. Um, hello, Mudman. <laughs> hello. Uh, hello, Breton. And before we start, Breton, um, you had a you've had a big couple of weeks. Uh, today's your birthday, obviously. Yes. Uh, happy birthday, Breton, our boss. Thank you. Uh, um, and also, uh, I don't know if you want me to announce this. I'm not doing it anyway. Uh, you went and got yourself engaged. Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, well, the two of us, myself and Johnny, are very excited about this. And congratulations to yourself and the lovely Kerry. Uh, and we can't wait to, the, to that wedding day where we'll do a live podcast from it because there'll probably be some football on. But yeah, I'll that's... Be <laughs> you'll be absolutely gassed. Uh, <laughs> yes, so there you are. That's the big, big couple of weeks off for our Brenton. And now he gets to chat about, very soon, not just yet, um, all of the Chelsea signings, all of them. Uh, I, I'm starting to lose track on who you've signed, so hopefully you'll be able to fill us in there. But... Um, f- football football had a big night last night as a whole um, a lot was going on uh, <laughs> there was a few th- few signings almost being done lead saying Rodrigo from Valencia um, a couple of other things Re- James Rodriguez to Everton different things but the biggest story potentially could go down as one of the biggest stories of all time I'm sure it will was Lionel Messi uh, telling Barcelona to do one, <laughs> um, Jonathan, when you heard us coming through, what what instantly went through your head? Uh, I I think I think it's needed. Really, I think he needs a fresh start, and Barcelona need a fresh start because any like look at the look at the stars they've brought in over the years and hasn't clicked because it's all the suit messy. Like if you think about, they spent so much money on Dembele, Coutinho. You know, like a lot of great players, but they just haven't cut it at Barcelona. And I think it's because Barcelona are just so reliant on Messi and will, you know, set their team out for a system that suits him. Now that he's probably, well, he is going to go, let's be honest, he is going to go. They can start rebuilding and try and find the next hero to lead Barcelona over the next couple of years. But um, it's great. Couldn't happen to happen to a better club, Buckley. (laughs) <laughs> Breton, I'd imagine you're something similar. Yeah, from the from the Barcelona standpoint, definitely similar to to our very own JD. But um, from it's interesting too from the Messi standpoint. I think I've probably on the, this podcast anyway been um, in the corner of Ronaldo for so long, and one of the the main reasons for that was that Messi only ever played for one club in one league and. <clears throat> um, hasn't always done it internationally. Now that's not entirely his fault, but um, I think that excites me that he, you know, if he does go, which it looks like he will at the minute, that he will probably, you know, leave La Liga and maybe go to Serie A or even the Premier League, which would be absolutely terrifying. Um, because I don't think he's going to go to Chelsea, but it would be so exciting, like. We've had Ronaldo obviously at United for uh, a sustained period, and just when he was sort of hitting his peak or or getting towards that, um, he was fantastic. Um, and I know Messi's probably past his best now, but to have Messi in the Premier League, you know, at some stage in his career, um, would be would just be, you know, it would be great just to watch him week in week out, um, and sort of. I, I I would imagine that I would 
gain more appreciation for him, you know, doing that because um, I've probably been calling for it for a while. Um, so it's exciting, I think. Um, Barcelona, you know, appear to have completely shot themselves in the foot um, repetitively. Um, certainly under this president, and it doesn't look like the statements he came out with last night doesn't look like he's sort of going to change his mind or move on himself. He's quite determined to, and I think Koeman as well, by the signs of it, by reports anyway, he's quite determined to um, sort of get rid of the, the senior players or these senior figures that they're talking about that, you know, aren't good enough. Johnny, you all right? Johnny? Oh, sorry, there was a fly in my room and I had to kill it. Oh. Oh, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you just like completely deaf on the two of us in the podcast. There. Oh, sorry, sorry. But it had to die. It had to go. That was that, that was that was the fly screaming in pain. That's um, the yeah, it is interesting, Brenton. Um, that Chelsea have always been linked with uh, Messi. Uh, like some like I seem to have forgotten, but it's sort of obviously now the reports were originally there was eight or nine teams naturally that were um. That were linked with them. Arsenal were one of them as well. Jonathan was probably in the running, um, but it's been narrowed down now to P- PSG, Man City, and possibly Inter Milan. But Chelsea have actually been in touch with his with his father, who's his agent, about three or four times, three three or four separate occasions. He he's the one, the jewel, if you like, um, mm. which will segue us on to Kai Havertz very soon. Um, that that Roman Abramovich wanted on his crown, he wanted Lionel Messi. That's the player he wanted all along, and. I thought yesterday when I saw Chelsea's name being mentioned and the fact he's done so many signs, I was like, well, I could see this happening now because I just keep the ban everyone. But it is very interesting that he's been he was heavily linked there, and I, I, I know you're you, I I know what you mean by saying him coming to the Premier League would be brilliant for the league, and, and I know uh, friends of our your your brother actually not my brother-in-law has said that as well. It'd be great for the Premier League, but I I kind of want him to stay away because he's not coming to Liverpool, and I'm just being selfish. <laughs> Uh, I don't want him. He's going to end up at Man City if he comes to the Premier League. I don't want him at Man City. Uh, no, thank you. And I'd actually love him to go into Milan. I'd quite like to see him and Ronaldo throw down again for a couple yeah. of seasons uh, in Serie A. And I, th- I think I really, a Serie A with both those and bringing that league back into the focus again um, and putting it back back up where it should be, I think, then is a good thing for European football on the whole. So I would I would add more to the side of him going to Inter. But where, Johnny, where do you think he'll land? Man City. Absolutely. Absolutely, Man City. You just know what's going to happen. No, Pep has always praised Messi throughout the years, no matter where he's went, after Barcelona. Man City are probably one of the few clubs in the world that could afford to pay his wages. So Messi's on crazy money, like so. But they're not going to pay that. No, he'll have to take a pay cut no, wherever he goes. He's on, was it 50 million a year? They're, they're not he'll still be on stupid money. Oh, he'd be on very stupid money, whichever club he goes to, especially if he can get him for free. Yeah. If he, if he takes Barcelona to court, um, and they can go for free, but uh, wherever he goes, he's got to be the highest paid player at the club. It's just has to be, yeah. It's just the these clubs that for so long have had wage structures. Um, will they be willing to just completely abandon that? Because Messi's become available, and a lot of them probably will. Is the answer? Well, Man City has never had a fucking wage structure. Let's be quite honest. They yeah. just pay and fucking get away with anything they bloody want because they have the brown envelopes, and that's the way football works. There's no such fucking thing as FFPs or what the fuck it's called. So yeah, what's well, happening now? If they want them, they'll get them. Like. It's been relaxed for a year, and. Uh, you just kind of knew something like this is going to happen. I'm not talking about the messy deal per se, but you knew something wild was going to spark because this summer the transfer window is not a summer transfer window because of COVID. It's going to be a it's a prolonged one right through to October, and we've been you're always waiting in a transfer window for one transfer to kick off, yeah. and then the whole thing just just fall apart. And people were, and I remember people saying, and this isn't a, 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 at all a go at Chelsea because I want Liverpool to spend money on Thiago here. Hopefully tonight, um. But people were saying that before it. No, the clubs need to be sensible now. Um, 
football needs to be sensible transfers and wages and stuff it needs to rein it in but that's not going to happen because football is is just it's bigger it's just a humongous humongous sports business where money football is not sensible no it's not sensible and and i know you're saying you're saying johnny's he's he's going to end up getting here he goes to those three clubs he's going to get stupid stupid wages has to be because it's Lionel messi and prop when he goes to to man city even though they've had the (laughs) ffp rap they're going to pay him probably, say, what, 35 million? I don't know, 35 million a year? Yeah. It'll be a lot there. of money. Like, yeah. It, I think it's, it's, it seems like it's going to get quite ugly between Messi and Barcelona, which I, I'm not surprised really that he wants to leave. I'm, thinking, I'm kind of surprised that, well, you know, when you really think about it, it's not really surprising because Barcelona won't want to let him go for a number of reasons. Like, his shirt sales alone are going to really impact them. Like Messi is the face of Barcelona. Like you look around you now, how many kids are running around with Barcelona Messi shirts on? You know, that's going to affect. You know, the next generation of kids coming up are not really going to bother with Barcelona because, like, who's their big star there now? You know, there's going to be no big stars. Suarez will probably leave. Talking him going back to Ajax. You know, Kuman said he doesn't want Suarez. Kuman's told Suarez he's not part of his plan. So, I, yep. you know, also. The seven hundred million that they'll miss out on as well is is going to be an issue for them. Yeah. Um, but I I think if Messi goes, um, Neymar will go back to Barcelona and he'll be the man. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now that he hasn't won the won the Champions League with PSG, I think that was his chance. Like that was that was a victory for football. Bayern Munich winning that. What if he? Uh, yeah. What if he also goes to Man City with Messi? Ah, no, you're being ridiculous. But tell me this, like, that must be, like, we talk about transfer fuck-ups, you know, Gnabry's always thrown back in the face of Arsenal, even though that situation was completely out of Arsenal's hands. Even though it should have been, it should be West Brom, it should be thrown back at more. Yeah, but, like, the the, the point I'm going to try and make is, like, Messi's going to walk out of Barcelona for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is that, that's one of the greatest players to ever play the game is going to leave. Barcelona for nothing. There has to be serious questions asked there of that football club and their mentality of their future. If well, basically, letting... he was allowed to add his own clause into his contract that said he could leave a year early for free <laughs> if he wanted like, to. Be, if he if he decided to, like, and but they probably thought that was never going to happen. Uh, yeah, but like protect yourself <laughs> against that. Like, do you know what I mean? You're you're the, arguably the biggest club in the world. Like, you should have somebody advising you there who's who's gonna tell you. Listen, the wee bollocks has had stuff like this before, where he's where he's used this to um to get himself a bigger contract. Like, he's a wee bit sneaky, like <laughs> avoiding taxes, etc., etc. You know, the Raul Sanetti uh, there at the time. He he negotiated that day. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie McFall had brown envelopes all over this. Um, Ken Earley was on the second captain's podcast earlier, and, and he was saying about any other football club in the world would not have let this happen. So he used the he used Bayern Munich as an example, and if, and if Bayern Munich had of say Messi was Austrian instead of Argentinian, and Bayern Munich had spotted him in the Austrian mountains dribbling football, and came down to the bottom of the mountain, and they were like, "Oh, that's a very good, talented young player." get him into our academy, boom, 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 and he goes through the academy. By the time he got to, what was it, 2014-15, when he, when Messi uh, decided then he wanted to get such amount of money and, and whatever, and Bayern Munich would have just been like, hang on, you want 50 million a year? No thanks, do one, sell you on, good luck, right? Do you, would you, I kind of heard that this, this afternoon, and I was like, there's actually a point there. I don't know of any other clubs in the world that would maybe have Barcelona created a god, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Argentinian uh, fans, uh, I mean, the international team, they're obviously very, very passionate. So he burst onto the stage, and we know what they've done with Maradona, similar with Messi, whatever. But do you think another club would have done this? They, they've created like a demigod that sort of felt like he's sort of untouchable. Now, he is, he is, in my opinion, the greatest footballer of all time. But what my point is, I don't know of another football club that would put. put Possibly would have let this go on and be held to ransom as much as Barcelona have been. I don't know of another football club that would agree to, regardless of how skillful a player is, would agree to a clause where he can just decide if he wants to leave for free, he wants to leave for free. No. Like uh, the current way Liverpool are on, I just use my own club as an example. 
Michael Edwards, I just could not see going for that thing. Or Jurgen Klopp, no, he'd just be like, no, that clause not going in there. I don't think, um, is it Maria? Uh, oh, Granovskaya. Yeah, she, she would. Not a chance. Not a chance. And I'm not sure who took over Arsenal now, Johnny, but I can't imagine Mikel Arteta allowing a clause like that in any player's contract. So it just seems so daft. For, as you say, Brenton, from possibly being the biggest club in the world right now, anyone in the sports Real Madrid might take on bridge that. Um, it's it's stupidly comically run. And they deserve... Like the fans tonight, if, if you saw it on Twitter there, boys, have stormed the new camp. Now, they're not stormtroopers by any means, like, and they don't look like they're going to cause any serious harm. But there's, there's fans of protest now, and this is only the start of it. I can imagine if this deal for him to leave gets closer and closer and closer... That alone intensify. They're not absolute shambles. Well, oh yeah. The, the issue is is that Barcelona kind of created this monster themselves, where there's people now, probably, you know, quite a good percentage of people who support Messi rather than support Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So they've got themselves into this mess where if they're gonna go up against that player, it's you're going to see, you know, what's happening right now, which is protest against the club and blaming the club. And it is the club, you know, when it comes down to it, it, it is the club's fault because anything Messi threatened, like Messi and his agent, being his dad, were, you know, clever by using his immense talent as a bargaining chip against Barcelona and Barcelona every time just fell into it and, and just wanted him for his whole career and, and I think they've they've come out and said recently that they have fully expected him to end his career at Barcelona to to go right through and and obviously he's already a legend but you know just become you know their obviously their greatest player ever the biggest legend and finish off in style at that club so they probably thought him putting that clause in was just another way of him you know being able to do what he want to control it that they would never actually think it would happen and also then the clause that was written in um i, I think it said ends at the end of, of the 2019-20 season which was the 10th of June, mm. but obviously because of COVID, then the season actually doesn't end until the end of August. So Messi's triggering it now, just for anyone who doesn't understand. And he's saying that if his actual playing contract would have ended, they would have extended, they would have expected him to extend his stay and play the games in August, which they would have, which is, for example, what William and Pedro did at Chelsea finish out their season because they write a contract and then move on so that's where the the court battle is coming and you know it's hard to know what way that's going to go because the the date is probably is written down as june 10th but obviously unprecedented circumstances with the with the pandemic you don't know what way that would go in court and as johnny says it looks like it's gonna get pretty dirty now between which is sad in a way because the you know the amount of special moments that he's had um, at that club and made for that club and fans of that club. Um, you know, as much as we on this podcast, I don't think are massive fans of Barcelona. Um, if you're a genuine fan, it it would, you know, sully that memory for you a bit, I would say. Yeah, it's like Johnny, Ronaldo and Messi argument, whatever, but Ronaldo was been at Lisbon, sporting Lisbon, and then he was United, and then he was at uh, obviously Real Madrid, and I think so. You know, you don't necessarily see him as 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 just a Real Madrid icon. Now he certainly is, but mm-hmm. whereas Messi's just been at Barcelona. Yeah, it's just been Barcelona. It's just been um the Claret and Blue. It's just uh, yeah, Barcelona. So it, it's it is a weird one. Like regardless of where he goes to, he's not going to come to my clubs. I don't care. Like, but. It's gonna look really strange. Like is this gonna it's gonna this sounds so stupid for an old say, but it's gonna not look or feel right, regardless of where he goes. Especially yeah. the sky blue. Um it's just gonna look really strange and really weird, like. I think 
somehow something's in my head kind of thinking that Messi decided to leave Barcelona last season, not the pandemic season, the season before. When you you looked at him after that Liverpool game in Anfield, the man was he looked like he was kind of just thinking about his future and has he just done everything he can with Barcelona? Because he's won everything with Barcelona. He's went he's went as far as he possibly can with his current team. And maybe he's thinking it's time for a fresh start and Barcelona need a fresh start from me. It, I'll be honest, I never really expected him to leave because I thought I was one of the people who thought that Messi would retire with Barcelona. Like you said, he's a legend. You don't get a lot of players that are, you know, one team players anymore, you know, like like your Tony Adams or whatever, like but it will it will probably get quite ugly. It's Barcelona fans are probably devastated. Like, you know, like you said, he is a god to them. He's a god to well he does kind of split opinion in Argentina because of he obviously hasn't performed in the international stage like but he's still a god. He's still obviously debatable with a lot of people, but to me I, I'm with you on the, the fact that I think he is the greatest player ever. Just the things I've seen him do just crazy that we've all seen him do like he still dragged Argentina to their only ever World Cup final since Maradona like yeah do, do you know what I mean and, uh, and I know you didn't mean it by that like but a lot of people always say what's he done with Argentina well like it's as if, as if the World Cup should just been handed to him mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? like, like these two will finish and this isn't the Messi or Ronaldo show but these two will finish and I don't think either of them will win, win the World Cup now and it'll be like well, I never won the World Cup. So, like, George Best never played in the World Cup. He was absolutely unbelievable. One of the best to come ever out of, certainly, obviously, the best to come out of um, Northern Ireland, potentially this whole island. But one of the best British uh, Irish players to ever, ever grace the game. One of the best European players to ever grace the game. Never played in a World Cup or a European Championships. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's the one that Messi, and I always find it like, it's just like, he still dragged them to a World Cup. He dragged them through competitions. He dragged them to what? Three Cup America finals, which is no easy feat because that thing's mental. But yeah, it absolutely. Last night was wild. Yesterday was wild because we that we had the messy news which we just talked about. We, we don't. I'm sure we're going to talk about that in the next podcast, which will be next week, because that's going to drag on the next couple. Certainly not drag on. We're certainly going to be in in the headlines the next couple of days. And and game game was saying on Five Live tonight that I think preseason for Barcelona starts very soon, and he's told Kremen. I don't want to play it for you. So at the weekend? Yeah, Messi has a decision to make then. Um, because if he doesn't go to training, he gets a massive fine. So he's going to have to go to training. Or whoever's buying him or getting him is going to have to get it sorted very, very soon. So I don't think he'll go for free. Um, I think he'll go for a price. It'll not be... It'll not be 700 million. I don't even think it'll be in the 100 million. I think it'll be something like uh, 90 or something million, and someone will get him. Well, Ronaldo was 100, so yeah, in around that. And it was the I same, he's, he was a, he's the same age now as Ronaldo was when he left. Yeah, and um, I think well, that's the most likely scenario where yeah. the, the club and him come to an agreement rather than one or the other wins out because yeah. the club, uh, you know. Will probably realise that they want to get something rather than absolutely nothing. Walk, as you said, Johnny, let him walk away for free would be disastrous. Yeah, so, um, and then last night around tea time, uh, news broke that um, Harry Maguire was found guilty of numerous uh, charges in Mykonos in Greece. Now, since last night, obviously, Ma- uh, Manchester United captain has launched an appeal, which nullifies all those charges and wipes him off his slate because it goes to a senior court now um, and, he, and that, I think that's going to take place that court case in like a year's time which mm-hmm. like how, how were they able to bring him to court within two or three days and charge him and now when it goes to another court it's going to take a year for the case to be made it, it all seems very very strange now um, there's a lot of he's going to face a lot of flack Um. When it first came through, there was a lot of laughs because we're like, what has he done now? Um, there's a lot of gifts about him. Don't worry if he was trying to head it anyway, I'll miss. I'm trying to throw a headball out here, crack. But I'm glad that uh, like it's sort of, not that it's been sorted for him, but I'm glad that it's it's um, he, he's able to come home and sort himself out because as much as it, we don't know yeah. what's happened. It's it's a mad court case and we can't really say we, because nobody knows what's going on until you see evidence of it. But 
uh, regardless of it, like I know from being in a foreign holiday and not in Greece and something happening with the police force there that was uh, totally wrong. I know what that's like. So if that has happened time McGuire, I know if I, I know exactly what him and his family sort of feel. Uh, and so I'm glad that it's maybe he's able to come home now and try and focus on uh, playing football again. But it was just a, a whole weird thing. And, and someone pointed out to me there that, um, which I think is wrong, it seems to always be the case for footballers to go away and they can't handle themselves. But one of what you two wanted to think about, do you think it's right that we should tell, hold footballers accountable for themselves or sport athletes? Or do you not think we should let them sort of be a bit more personable? And people were saying, why didn't Maguire have um, security guards with him? Or why didn't he go somewhere more quiet? But he has to have a life too. No, he does. He does have to have a life, of course. Um, he, he's been accused of, is it, Hitting a police officer or something—is that—is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, bribery as well. If if he has hit a police officer and then I don't—I seen the bribery. I don't think that's true. That sounds like a lot of bollocks. Uh, but if he has hit a police officer, then you know, there's no defence for that, is there? Really? No. Uh, he does be... have. He does have to have. Like, you, you have to be able to go out places and do things like. You, you see some footballers who just completely take the piss, like Jack Grealish, for example, during the lockdown, took the piss, took the absolute piss. But Harry Maguire is away on holidays with his family and has got into some altercation with a police officer in Greece. So, uh, I don't know. You just have to wait and see what, what comes with it in a year's time because I, I do understand with uh, these types of court cases, it does take a while to kind of get everything in, in place and you know, people have to get a defence together and things like that there, so you can understand the time is taken. I'm quite sceptical of it, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I do I know it, it doesn't, it isn't, it wouldn't be a week when he's back in court. Um, it would probably be a few months, but a year, yeah, it seems a bit long, but you know what, it's, uh, he's a high-profile athlete. He's Manchester United captain. They're, you know, they're not a Tottenham, like they're not a small club who, you know, have a... <laughs> It's not their captain, like so. Um, yeah, like listen, I personally don't give a single fuck if Harry Maguire goes to jail. Then fair enough, you know. <laughs> it, it probably improves United's defense, to be quite honest. So, United fans, make of it what you will. Brett, I couldn't believe what I was hearing on Five Live tonight, where they were talking about. Well, it's going to weaken England's defense, and they'll have no options now. <laughs> and I was thinking, like. Hang on, this is—he's not fucking Paolo Maldini, like. <laughs> and they were saying, well, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Don Hutchinson was saying, and I like Don Hutchinson was saying, and you know, without Maguire, I'm not sure who England go with in centre half. I'd probably go with the English centre half that won the league last year, lads. You know what I mean? He might have had a wee bit of ropey games after lockdown when he was rope clean off, but you know the other defender that was had the best defence in the league, Joe Gomez. I'd probably stick him in there. If I'm honest with you, I'll probably go well, with him. Like. On, on the Monday Night Club, uh, Five Live also, they were chatting about this as well. And they said that Joe Gomez is obviously the starter, but who starts with him? Right. Rob Holding. No. Did Dion Dublin <laughs> say John Stones? Uh, I don't recall that, but the, uh, you know, they're not in a position where they don't have options. Yeah. Like I, th- I think you highlighted that Lewis Dunk's been left out of the squad. Um, yeah. Daclan Rice can play there. Sure. Like, that's... Tyrone Mings. Tyrone Mings has had a, a fantastic season. Um, you know, they can also play straight at the back. Like, mm-hmm. they have plenty of, um, of players capable of doing that. So, you're right, he's not like Van Dijk missing from the Liverpool team, which is a bigger deal. Um, yes. uh, but to, to sort of just touch on the um, the story about Maguire, like, it, it's, if, you know, if he says, or his representatives, whatever they are saying, if that has actually happened to him, like, I genuinely do feel sorry for him because um, in a footballing sense, like I don't think any of us 
think Maguire is the answer to United's problems or defensively or winning the league or whatever. But um, he nobody deserves that, and especially when you're in a you know in a foreign country and you maybe don't speak the language, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it probably is quite scary. The stories going around about his sister as well, uh, things that happened to her. Like we'll not go into detail, but um, you know that's that's not nice. Um, if that's true, but as Johnny says, if you know, if he maybe had a bit of drink in him and took a swing for a police officer, and uh, you know, did attempt bribery, whatever they're they're reporting, um, you know, he he deserves whatever consequences come. Um, but uh, I think you're right in what you say. There's, it's all a bit fishy. The way it's been reported, and I think that his representatives are very confident that um, the story he's telling or the story they're telling um, is one hundred percent true. So, um, yeah, it, it will just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, and um, I just like obviously a lot of people jumped on it. There's football fans are more all the time, so. When when the story came out, when it first happened that he'd been arrested for being drunk and disorderly, you're all like, oh, look at that idiot. And then when the story started to unfold about his sister and what had gone on, and then yeah. the story of them thinking they were being taken to the hospital for her and they were bundling the police station and different things, you sort of thought, there's more to this here. It's a wild story, so eventually it'll all come out. Um, all of us sure. have sisters, and <laughs> yeah. if that if it is true what happened, like I think all of us would would also be the same as Maguire in that situation so I can't fight but I would try and smash people's noses (laughs) Um, I would say one of my sisters could hold her own to be fair (laughs) (laughs) they'd be doing it for you Johnny Uh, yeah they'd be looking after their wee brother uh, no bother them no bother the horse all of your sisters actually (laughs) Um, but yeah we'll move on we'll talk about transfers Um, Brenton what's the fucking crack were you lot like has our money's long gone by, so you know, don't don't give us this bullshit. You're still spending hazard money. Yeah, I fucking heard post pan. Like, sorry, we're still in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and Chelsea are spending fucking five hundred billion on fucking Ben Chilwell. Chelsea, you're by it, it's the hazard money. Chelsea, give it. Uh, I'm sorry, I just have to interrupt because fucking the dogs came in here and he's fucking sniffing around. Get the hell <laughs> over there, Spud. This is a podcast, folks, and Spud the dog is on it now. Spud um, is the official mascot of the Babel, <laughs> in case you have forgot. Uh, Spud and Finn, the superhero team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw I, I, I saw Chelsea fans drag it out the other day. I meant Peggy in this present, and he said about the, the Hazard money and the Murata money. And I was like, right, so that's Havarts <laughs> and Timo Werner. So explain the rest, please. What do you spend on Bill, Ben Chilwell? 50 million. How much? We'll get to that, Jonathan. We'll get to that. Kieran Tierney was half the price. And he's um, twice the player. He's half a shake. And he's only Jonathan. played twice. <laughs> um, Excuse listen. me, FA Cup winner. What are you talking about? Um, what did you win last year? Jonathan. You'd be quiet. You've been very bold, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> you put me on with... No, yes. So you'd Pulisic, Ziyech, Havertz, well, um, that's not confirmed. It's but. happening tomorrow. Paul possibly have it. Uh, Tiago Silva, that's on a free. Um, but he'd have wages, obviously. You'd, you'd imagine they're going to pay him something. Um, missing Ben Chilwell, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Murata was sold for, was it 60 million euros? Yeah, by the way, uh, what, what a sale. Like, how did we get and, 60 million? Yeah, around? Atletico Madrid should be uh, poofed into the sea. And... Um, <laughs> Hazard was sold for a hundred. Now I'm I'm very bad at maths, but those figures now they do not add. Up. And oh, sorry, yes, Jason oh, from the Telegraph was on tonight saying that Lampard is moving for a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. That he wants uh, Rita Kappa and he wants a goalkeeper. Now they're not going to buy a five ten million rated goalkeeper here. That's going to be one of the best in the world, you'd imagine. So the hair is available. Ah, uh, yeah. So. Chelsea have gone from Brenton getting that ban and taking that ban well and, and getting on with it to then going, ah, fuck everyone, we're just going to spend more money again. 
Like it's almost as if they're just like fuck it, no rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, 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 it must be obviously for you. It's stupidly exciting. Like you know, all these players coming in, and these are all top class footballers coming in. Like Werner, Ziyech, Havertz. Like that's your, that's your forward line sorted. Um, Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva at the back. Ben Chilwell, when he's fit, is one of the best left backs in the league. So like. I don't know what you think about this, Brent. Are you buzzing, or are you optimist? Are you on the side as well? Are you thinking, right, hang on here, we need to maybe just watch so we don't get caught again, or are you just like, fuck it? Um, oh, so many things. That be honest. Honestly. Um, just be honest. I, I would be stupidly excited. I wouldn't care about anything. I wouldn't give a single fuck, but no, you know, me neither. Well, people like people are saying, "Oh, Chelsea coming in again, like running football, blah blah blah." Man City and you know, you mentioned Man City, but Man United as well. Like for for Nat Spend, um, have spent a lot more than like hundreds but of club than Chelsea brand. in the last sort of five years, let's say. Chelsea obviously didn't spend any money. They sell well too, Chelsea. They sell high. Um so like um I was listening to the Athletics pod, the Chelsea pod, um, and they were saying following the spending spree, there's going to be a selling spree as well. Um, they're going to, as difficult as it might be in this market, they're going to recoup uh, some of that money as well. They obviously are spending the hazard money. Obviously, that's gone now. Um, and the Murata money. And there was a bonus for hazard as well. Um, so their, their net spend is not as much as people would maybe make out they've spent this season. They also um had the transfer ban. Um but yeah it's it's also an opportunity you know whether you like it or not um team some teams are in a position where they need to raise some funds and Leicester are one of those teams. Like they originally quoted Chelsea eighty million. Uh, I think it's been referred to a lot now as Maguire money for Sanchez or for Chilwell. Sorry, mm. um, originally, and Chelsea weren't going to go there. Like uh, the, Liam Toomey, who've had on, um, said there, there's no way Lampard would have spent that money on Chilwell. They're they're now saying it was forty five to fifty million. Um, 45 plus add-ons or whatever bringing it up to 50 million which for a starting English left back who fits the exact mould of, of what he wants is a pretty good deal right now I think for Lampard um, <clears throat> because it, it was his number one target yeah, for left back from the word go great signing um, I think the other ones um, Werner and Havertz is more opportunist. Like they realize that for Werner, obviously Liverpool weren't in a position where they could spend that amount of money on on a player who maybe wouldn't start straight away. I think we've spoken about that before. And Chelsea, uh, especially Roman Abramovich, um, has thought, okay, well, I have this money that I can maybe spend now on this player when nobody else is in for him and get him for slightly cheaper than he would be in a different market. Um, and the same with Havertz, probably. Like, Bayern Munich would probably be his destination if we were living in a different time. But, um, again, opportunist Roman Abramovich has gone in and um, hopefully swept that one up as well for close to, if not under, 100 million, which is big money, but he's... He's an exciting player. Um, the Thiago Silva one, yeah, is different. He's he's there as a stopgap, I think, until Chelsea are able to sign Declan Rice because that's that's who Lampard wants, really, to play a centre-half. So, yeah, it's exciting, but it's not as... I don't think it's as much of a spree as other people are making out. It, it is, obviously, like, don't get me wrong, if you're... <laughs> uh, <laughs> hang, on, that, hang on, 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 hang on. You're you're one of my best mates here. You two like so. Hang on, I'll, I'll go through this again. Like Thiago Silva, that's one. Chilwell's two. Werner's three. Sayak is four. And Harvard's is five. And then a goalkeeper. That's six players. Like that's a spree. But what I'm saying is, in terms of money, if there's no way in any other market, Chelsea would spend spend that amount of money on that many players. I just think. They're probably gone. Okay, Take that would chance, probably 
what we what we would spend over three windows, say, say a summer, a, a January, and another summer. Um, but when the opportunities there, they would usually build in increments. This team, but when they have, you know, the opportunity to to get them for less than and the thing is also they're not facing nearly as much opposition as they would uh, in a normal market uh, because as i said like other clubs would definitely be in for these players um so i think it's smart it's obviously it's it's very much aided by the fact that chelsea have a billionaire benefactor um there's no getting away from that but the the club the club is run smart it has been run smart for you know close to 20 years now um so yeah it's it's exciting i can't wait to because we've signed these players for such a long time now, i can't actually wait to see how they blend in and to, to, to actually go into the chillwell one slightly more um how he sort of fit into lampard's plans i think it's you know chelsea will go from that being a very weak position to it being probably one of the strongest in the league because I think if if anything they'll try and get rid of Emerson and Alonso will be a backup to there's a lot of games to play this season so Chilwell's going to be your starting left back uh, but certain games are going to suit Alonso where maybe Lampard's going to play a three at the back and you know Alonso can we know how good he is going forward or you know he can be a filling in if Chelsea need a goal um you know if Chilwell's um express too much energy or whatever like uh, I think Alonso is a really good backup at left back or left wing back um so that's that's very much strengthening the starting 11 on the squad they'll need to sell yeah last year obviously um the the focus for Frank Lampard was very much on um the youth players and bringing youth players through through Abraham Tamori and Mount um, mm-hmm. I don't know if any of those three will start now. I, I think Mason Mount is still going to start. If you add Declan Rice and he plays midfield, you've Kante, Rice, and potentially Kai Havertz floating about there, or whoever else, Kovacic. I don't, I don't see where Mason Mount start there. So just, I just your opinion on it. Do you, do you think now that obviously Frank did what he was in there to do? get Chelsea back in the Champions League. They didn't expect them to challenge for the league. They probably wanted an FA Cup, don't get me wrong, or a trophy of some sort. He got to finals and different things, obviously. But do you think now he's changed tactic and it's going to be like, going to have to offload some of these youngsters? And how, how do you feel about that? Because Mount's the one I think will probably stay and get some game time, but I don't see where Abraham gets a game if he, because of those three now he's going to get if Howard comes in and Tomorrow, obviously, where do you play him? Um, obviously, I don't want to see those players leave or, um, you know, not get game time. I think probably, well, Mount, I think, played the most games for Chelsea last season out of anyone. So I think he's he's well fit for it. And again, going back to it, there's, there's a lot of games coming this season and like, very intense periods so i think you're going to need a big squad um which i think is more suited to blooding youngsters like i think tammy and and especially tammy um i don't think he was ever going to be like he's they're they're all still so young i don't think he was ever going to be lampard's number nine for you know a 50 game season i think you know, 20, 25 games, um, you know, playing them alongside Giroud or Werner or whatever system he's going to set up with, I do think will be good for him. I think Tommy will still be there and, and be about the first team and get a lot of games and a lot of game time. And I think he'd be happy enough with that. I think that's all down to Lampard, convincing him to stick it out and then challenge and learn from these players um out of anyone it seems like tamori might go on loan i don't agree with that one to be honest i think when he played especially towards the start of the season he looked nearly the most solid him and rudiger together um 
and then he got injured and then the lockdown happened and he didn't really he didn't play any games I don't think after the lockdown which was surprising um, I'm not sure if he was still holding on to some sort of niggle but he was on the bench you know all the time so it didn't seem that way he Chelsea are probably going to have to sell some players I think Tamori will probably go on loan um, there's players as well like Ethan Abadou, um who had a good season on loan as well um, who's going to come back in? Connor Gallagher as well, who had, who had a good season. I think he'll probably go on loan again. I know Billy Mark Gahey, Billy Gilmore, yeah. Mark Gahey, uh, who made his debut, I think, last season in the first team, is gone on loan there this evening to Swansea again, which will be good for him. Um, these are like the players who are like even slightly younger then than your Mounts and your Abraham. So there's there's a lot of strong talent at Chelsea. It's It's really down to. Frank and his team now to to actually manage that and to and I know Jody Morris will be good for that to sort of chat to these youngsters and um find their get them to find their path through to this first team. But the the squad did unbelievably overperformed I think for what it was last season. It did need strengthened, um and it seems like it definitely has been strengthened. Um, Johnny, Arsenal needs strengthened at the back, and you look at you've got went and got yourselves a brand new Brazilian centre half. Yeah, we might need to try to steal at the last minute, and you know what? That story's just fucking hilarious. That he just turned down Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Money United because, like, what's it? All? I think Solskjaer gave Gabriel a nickname or something when he was speaking <laughs> to him, and he didn't really like it. So. Uh, he wasn't impressed by all these proposition of what Man United are going to be doing over the next few years. So, listen, he's going to win the Champions League in three years because Nicola Arteta said so. <laughs> so I believe him. Are things at Arsenal like how he's linked with anyone else, or is there anything, any more outgoings? Or I know Hector Bellerin potentially linked with PSG, which is I don't know how you'd feel about that. Couldn't see Bellerin going. To be kind of quite honest, I think that's just a load of bollocks because. Uh, Ballerin's found his form again. He obviously had a bad injury. Like I understand himself, I suffered the same injury, so it is hard to come back from. Uh, plus, I think Michael Arteta really likes Hector Ballerin, and Cedric Suarez isn't your starting right back. Uh, looks like Ian Smith and Niles will go eventually. Uh, don't think anybody else is really linked to coming in. There was small rumours of Arteta being on the floor to Thiago. But uh, he's he's Liverpool bound, like so. There's no chance of that really happening. Uh, Danny Ceballos are still talking him coming back on them. Um, yeah, like their their defense is looking slightly better compared to what it was over the last few seasons. Arsenal have, I think it's eight centre backs or something mad like that. So we're gonna have to sell a few. Uh, Mohamed El Nene's came back from his loan at Besiktas and. To be quite honest, I want him gone too because he is absolute dort. Where, where would, you, where would if, if you could strengthen one area t- tonight, where, what would it be? Uh, creative midfielder. Absolutely. Need one. Like Tiago? Like a Tiago. Obviously, it won't be Tiago, but somebody like him. There's like Havertz? Uh, no, there's talk of Arsenal being in for um, that fella from Lyon. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because uh, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just kind of Arsenal just don't have the money. I think Leon are looking too much, and yeah, I, the thing, yeah, the thing with that is more. that's actually that's a good link. Leon have no European football next year, and I know Arsenal have the Europa League, but Leon have nothing mm-hmm. next year, so they're going to have to sell because he'll want out and he want to come and play. And yeah, I, I could see. Uh, I don't know. Arsenal Arsenal pumped stumped up seventy million for Nicolas Pepe, so. I wouldn't be too um, surprised at all if they went and got him, and he he showed in uh, the Europe in the Champions League their um, tournament over in Lisbon and in those little games, and he's shown across the Champions League all last season and, and in Liga that he he is he's a very very talented boy. Like, yeah, uh, if, if we got him in on on Thomas Partey as well, I, I think we have, you know, a decent Spain. Next season, I think the Aubameyang thing's been sorted out. I just really think we're waiting on the official announcement. But mm. 
like uh, we have Saliba there now, who played his first game last night. Apparently, he, he done he done all right. Uh, Gabriel, he, he he looks like he's gonna be um, a very good player. Yeah, and he's he's very young still as well. Gabriel coming in, who's you know, I'm not gonna say I, I watched him and all this here bullshit last year because I didn't. I've just read what people have said about him, and he's meant to be quite a good centre back too. And um, I, I think what seems to be the talk coming out of Arsenal is David Luiz is quite important in, in the background. The fact that he, he's a, a good mentor to quite a lot of the players and things like that there. So with Gabriel being Brazilian as well, he will help him settle because apparently we're we're just waiting for the official announcement on that one too. So uh, like I say, if we can get a creative midfielder and Thomas Partey signed up and obviously get Aubameyang officially announced. I think Arsenal have a decent enough squad this next year. Um, should be strong enough to try and push for the Champions League spots, but nowhere near challenging for the league like Arsenal are a million miles away from that. The, um, that we'll do our predictions obviously next week. When we have the, the Community Shield, I think it's on Saturday, is it? Saturday evening? Yeah. Um, Arsenal, Liverpool and Arsenal, which would be a good game. But I do think that, mixed, mixed squads, I think. A lot of youngsters, I would say. Yeah, there'll be big changes, I reckon, at half-time in both those games. But it'd be interesting if Arsenal do add... If they got Thiago in, that'd be unbelievable. I think he goes into everyone's midfield. But if they got in Thomas Partey and, and someone like um, Awar, or uh, you got brought Dan Ceballos back, or you got Phil Coutinho in to play that role, because we know under Brendan Rodgers and sometimes under Klopp when he's played the number eight position in midfield, he's been very, very good. I, I personally think it's his best position, but um, other very well-paid managers that are much better at football than me disagree. Um, so someone like that, I think Arsenal would be really close to challenging top four. And um, You see deals then that come out of the water, boys, we, you, you just didn't see this coming. And, and I know Arsenal are sort of well-stocked for fullback, but Matt Doherty being allowed to go to Spurs for only 15 million is, uh, I find that wild because He's one of the be- top three um, right backs in the league, I think. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you think about this, but I think that, like, and I'm not one for giving Spurs humongous, humongous credit, but I think that's that's a smashing deal they've managed to try and pull off here. Quite an award, didn't it, Nick? Yeah. Completely RKO'd it. I don't understand why, like, let's be honest, Wolves and, and Spurs are direct rivals for European spots at the moment, like, so it's it's... And that's not a dig at Spurs, by the way. Just like, you know, or, you know. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. It is like, you know, uh, it's very strange that we sell to our rival at the moment, especially one of our best players. It's it's, it's very odd. Um, and especially 15 million, like, that's a bloody bargain in today's market. So, I don't know. I mean, are Wolves stuck for cash? Like, what the flips at all about? They couldn't be because of who owns them, like. They, they, have, they have money. Unless he it's wanted just... to leave. You know, that's something that I can think of. Yeah, it's just a really strange one. Um, And the, like, I thought Spurs were on a completely different path when they signed Joe Hart, which was like just a typical Spurs signing, really. But that, uh, shite, yeah. Um, That uh, that Doherty one is absolutely inspired. Like, it just seems like, like I think, probably any of our clubs would have been happy with that signing, whether it been, um, to start or or to back up the current right back. That's, um, that's a great signing, and I don't know where they've pulled that out of. I think originally, like Wolves had had wanted something must have happened. I don't know with Nuno or whatever, but, um. They originally wanted twenty million, like that was they're actually asking that price, which is still low, I think, as well, like for a um a proven Premier League right back, starting right back. Um and Spurs like put in a lower offer and still got him, which is absolutely baffling. But um it must be surplus to requirements or just wanted out. I'm sure the story will come out eventually, but great signing for Spurs. Yeah, Spurs have done a little bit of they've done solid business, if not like um they haven't done business on the level of Chelsea where you're thinking, Jesus, every time Chelsea signs someone, you're thinking, What the feck? But um it has been really solid business from Spurs there and, and 
and they they need more bodies in. They need more quality bodies in. So you'd imagine they'll they'll go again and get more, and they certainly need some forwards to help out in case they get injured again next year. But when I saw that tonight, I couldn't believe it. Like, and it just sort of came on so quickly. And I mean, it's good for Ireland. Like, he's going to be playing at Spurs and and different things, and so fair play to him. But um, what depth? Yeah, you mentioned it's a big Thiago. thing this season. I think <laughs> massive. Like, and you mentioned Thiago. Johnny earlier and potentially going to Liverpool. I don't want to get too excited because I just I just kind of bother getting annoyed by it if it doesn't happen. But um, and squad depth, Brenton. The, the, the seems to be the consensus seems to be that to get Thiago in, we have to move someone out, and that could be Genie Wijnaldum. But I'm not really game for that if I'm honest. Um, I know Genie only has one year left in his contract, but I, I'd I'd rather let him, for me, run that down for another year. And Liverpool have the the, squ- the strength and depth to chase, you know, the two big ones next season. Go after the Champions League and the league again and see what you can do. Um, Is that a money thing? Um, it's more. I, I don't think it's a money thing. It's more of a playing a play time a playing time thing. Not even mm. good English there, but whatever. You understand what I mean? Um, like. Tiago starts. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know. You build your midfield around him, and obviously Jordan Henderson will be in there as well. So it's one position left between Fabinho, Keita, James Miller being the periphery, um, and Wijnaldum. I I don't know where you go from there, but the Tiago links are so weird. I, I don't honestly don't know where this comes from. I know Klopp's always been a massive fan of his, but just to be linked with him, even though what has happened last year and what happened the year before. Um, is very exciting as a Liverpool fan. I, I can't remember a signing. What like when we signed Van Dijk? Van Dijk was at Southampton. No disrespect to Southampton. We weren't sure like if he was going to go on to the level he's gone on to. Knew everyone knew he was very good, but you know no one thought he was going to be on be maybe the best centre half in the world for the last two seasons. Allison was at Roma, played very well at Roma, but no one's really was like. Could he be the best goalkeeper in the world? And he, he was that last year. You know, this is a sign, and I can't really remember Liverpool doing it, where they've signed maybe one of the best players in their positions in the world at the time. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like an actual... He, Thiago is a bit of a superstar, like he, he is in midfield. Like I would say in midfield in Europe, probably only Kevin De Bruyne was better last season. Certainly the end of the, end of the season. You're you're buying a ready ready made superstar, which I think is a, is the difference. Like I think, obviously, as you say, like Van Dyke, Van Dyke, Allison, and even Mane to an extent, we're all on the periphery. Um, and Salah, Salah, yeah, and by going to Liverpool and joining that team, they developed into superstars. I think Thiago, wherever. He he's been or wherever he'll go now, he's he, you're guaranteed that he's gonna be a superstar. He, I think he just makes everything look so easy. He just is unbelievable player to watch. I, I know. Great in the Premier League. Just I, I really don't want him to. I I don't, remember, I don't remember. I don't remember us ever doing this. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember us ever signing like. Arsenal have signed Ozil. When Arsenal yeah. signed Ozil that Friday night, he, he was already he he already won the World Cup, but he's he he done whatever in Madrid. He was a superstar. Chelsea, look who they've signed. And I'm, I'm the first couple of names came into my head is Michael Balak and Shevchenko. You know what I mean? Yeah, one of those did not work. And they didn't. But even though he, you might think he didn't work, we still had a decent enough goal record. Um, United when they signed Juan Sebastian Verón. Man City, whoever the same seems to be a superstar, regardless, because they just go after everyone, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So I never have done that. So it's just it's a weird one. He's twenty nine, um, so maybe not under what Klopp does, but the last time they signed a twenty nine year old that had won the league, uh, was James Milner, and he worked out <laughs> bit all right. Of a so bit of a difference, but he worked out all right. So yeah, I, I I'm I'm trying not to get sucked into that transfer, but I am. I'm well into it now. So get sucked in. Oh, top. Hopefully it happens. Um, it'd be very special. But and then he said, for Arsenal. if he signs for Arsenal too, like I mean, it'll be annoying. But to get to see him in the league, did you see his pass the other night for the golden final? Mm. And he disguised it as well. It's it's right. 
it opens up endless possibilities for that Liverpool midfield and to get those fullbacks involved. But we'll see what happens. Um, we um, why we're doing this now? Um, this is Thursday night. No, Wednesday night, the twenty sixth. It's ten past ten, and just to change sport for a little minute, and uh, the NBA has has called off the games tonight in the bubble. Um, the Bucks have started a boycott. I think they've started it. it looks like they've started it. Their game with Orlando Magic is off. Uh, the Lakers and the Trailblazers is off, and the Houston Rockets and the OKC Thunder are all off tonight, which is a humongous moment in sport. I didn't think it'd be right to not touch about it on it when, when it's on live. And obviously, you have the babble screen, but we can't record one tonight. So I don't know what you think, boys. But we haven't really had the chance to look at it, but that feels like a, a massive moment. Mm-hmm. It is a massive moment. Uh, there's no doubt we will get the trolls online again who will try and play down um, the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, um, it's just, why, why is it, like, after everything that's going on, it's still happening. Um, it's great to see NBA players are taking a stand and deciding, no, fuck is we're not going to play. This is, this needs to, the people have tried to put it, like, put it away, put it into the background, like, it doesn't matter anymore. It was a thing for a wee while for some people, and now they just don't care anymore. But, to be fair, people like LeBron James and things like that there have just not they've kept it in the spotlight and kept it going and that's that's what needs to happen. I think for people to keep saying all lives matter is quite, you know, arrogant because like we didn't go through hundreds of years of slavery and suffering. So for people to still be shot on the street for getting out of the car to break up a fight or help someone, you know, it's it's ridiculous. It's why is this still going on in twenty twenty? Yeah, it's um I don't even know what words you could usually describe it. Like it's just really shite, obviously, but it's just really, it's like it, it looks like a film sometimes when you see some of the footage coming out of America at the minute. Mm, like some yeah. 17-year-old douchebag walking up the street just shooting people and getting away with it. Like it just, uh, yeah, and like we all, we all love the NBA, the three of us and Steve, obviously love American sports and especially the four of us love love the NBA and, and to me the NBA is the greatest sport going at the minute like uh, it's just it's constant highlights but um, it's so powerful as well and, and that's an unbelievable pivotal moment in sport and, and it'll be interesting to see what we what we do now and I say we as in football hmm. what happens next because we saw everyone taking a knee and, and different things and players speaking out and hopefully that continues but um I just I thought we should mark it just tonight that, that we're recording this is happening live because this does feel like a humong- humongous moment in in uh, in human life. Like it just feels like it just feels massive. Well, I obviously feel that, that uh, and we all like obviously uh, I think it's obvious, but to to put it out as a statement, we all absolutely agree with it and endorse it and want it to happen more if if this shite continues to happen in America. Um, and, you know, it happens all over the world, but we're focusing on America here at the minute because that's where the high-profile cases are and that's where the NBA has played. And they, those players obviously feel that, yes, we, we, the, the Black, Black Lives Matter campaign was brilliant it raised awareness and as johnny said it has faded into the background a little but it was almost as if when that was going on yeah we did it we we took the knee we wore the t-shirts and then we got on with the game and the racists or you know the police forces or whoever it was then got to tune into the game and sat down and and had their dinner and had their beer and watched the game anyway or whatever it was but they're they're now saying that, that that's a privilege you, you you know to watch that you should you should not just be able to watch that after um all the you know the the powerful messages and forget about all those and just watch watch the basketball that we're taking that privilege away from you and they have every right to do that because they're um their fellow people are, are, are as, as Johnny said, like getting shot in the street, um, and they're not going to stand for it anymore. <clears throat> yeah, not well said there, Brent. Like it's um, 
we need to uh, we need to wake up. Um, a lot of people just seem to let it slide past, but I I don't agree with that. Like I think you should have an opinion on this, and I think you should be outraged by it. And if you're not outraged by it, or you whatever, then um, you're very very wrong. But um, yeah, I think that'll do us for uh the sports bubble the, the the football show that we do um for this week we'll be back next week uh, and we'll the season's going to start again so it'll be more regular and we'll have it we'll pick a day and we'll have a regular slot and um, it feels like football is actually coming back and it's going to be a bit normal now you know it's not going to be a, a a rush to get a season finished it, it's going to be an actual season and let's go for it so potentially get fans back in as well but we'll be back next week to talk about God knows who else Chelsea's saying. Um, hopefully yeah. Liverpool and Arsenal sign some players. Hopefully Liverpool and Arsenal have a good game on Saturday as well that we can chat about. Um, and then we'll see it all next week. And um, yeah, get on the Twitter. I'm sure you have already, but keep reading those articles and um, about Black Lives Matter and what's going on in America and different things. What's going on here as well? And um, just if you like us, just keep supporting it and hopefully um, we'll drive it out. But yeah, catch all of us on all our social media channels at uh, the Sports Babble, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Get our podcast on all your podcast apps. Brenton works very hard to make sure to cause everything. And once again, Brenton, happy birthday. Thank happy you. birthday, Brent. Um, Thanks, Sean. And uh, folks, we'll speak to you next week. Good luck. <laughs>